Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. So much for staying with us. It's eight minutes, eight minutes after two o'clock, and uh, the lines are open. I did say to you we're going to be speaking to survivors today, and if you are one of those people who has survived COVID nineteen, we really welcome your call. Or you're probably just curious. Do you want to hear from a survivor and you want to ask questions? This is a time to do it. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. My guest this afternoon is Insaf Mohammed, who is an occupational therapist, but she also is a COVID nineteen survivor. And thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. How are you feeling this afternoon? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to to speak and and um, provide you with some insight as being a COVID survivor. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate. We really appreciate you also, you know, being able to open up about your story. Tell us about your COVID nineteen journey. So. In your household, you were not the first person to get COVID-19. No. So um, within my household, I have three kids. Um, I have my husband, my husband and myself. But because both of us were are actually um, uh, essential workers, yes. um, we didn't have um, help or assistance to take care of the kids because they were obviously at home during lockdown and, and so forth. So did we ask my mother-in-law to come and, and live with us for this period of time. Okay. And um, and so we went about our days, um, obviously within lockdown and going to work, coming back home and so forth and so forth. So um, my husband was offering a lift to one of his colleagues. Um, and then the colleague um, called him on uh, the week that he was supposed to uh, collect him. And then um, he said, um, listen, I'm not feeling too well. Um, I won't be going into work. You don't have to bother to come and get me at home. And then um, he didn't think anything of it. or he didn't think that it was actually, you know, um, uh, COVID-19 or Corona or anything. He just thought it was like a normal thing. I, like we get sick all the time. Yes. So, um, so uh, then around about the Wednesday, midnight Wednesday, um, just after midnight, I think it was on the 22nd, yeah, my husband, um, I wake up with this, um, him asking me, are you getting cold? Um, you know, I'm getting cold. I'm like, no, I'm not getting cold cover you with a blanket more probably because the blanket is now shifted but anyway so um and it continues so i'm awake from like after 12 already um about three o'clock and then i message my uh, my manager and i say you know i'm very concerned about my husband because this is not him for number one um and he's like having um what seems to be like cold chills like you know body shivering and, well, and all and yeah and so i feel and and he doesn't have like a he's got like a borderline you know borderline fever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he also says this is not me like you know. And then uh, we obviously Thursday morning. Um, I tell him listen, um, you can. Uh, he works for Clotiskir, so um, there's a testing center. Why don't you just go to the testing center? Anyway, he goes. He tries the testing center, and then he tests for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go into work that day, and then um, the next day, his test results come back, and he tested positive for 
for um, coronavirus. Mm. Anyway, so then I now need to test because I'm now in close contact. Yes. Um, and then I test the, the next day, which was, uh, which was the Friday. So I test on the Friday and my test results come back. I'm also positive. So now we're in a thing because we have my mother-in-law with us. Yep. She has comorbidities. So she has diabetes. She's got hypertension. She's um, uh, She's been uh, suffering from anxiety and depression for, for years now. Um, so she's a chronic patient with that regard. And so we are... Obviously, stressed, and we now need to create a plan for our family because um, both of us are positive. So, yes. who are the kids now um, are also positive? And then um, we get them tested on the Sunday with my mother. It's the Saturday, sorry, with my mother-in-law, and their test results come back. And the only person, thankfully, that is positive is my seven-year-old son. Sure. Um, and so, so it's the city of us now in isolation for 14 days. And so just, um, just a minute for me. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. So of the, of the six of you, the one that comes yes. back positive is the seven-year-old. How old are the other two children? So my eldest is nine yeah. and my youngest is two. Interesting. So the nine and the two-year-old test mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. And, and then and did, my you get to, did you test her? Your mother-in-law? Who's this? My mother-in-law, yes. Yes. We, we, we tested my mother-in-law as well. And then um, she tested negative. Um, that is really fascinating because, you know, logic would have said to me that she would have tested positive and mm-hmm. maybe the nine-year-old. But it's interesting how the nine-year-old and the two-year-old were fine yeah. and the seven-year-old. But, was, huh. Yeah. But but also, you must now understand, we've got this knowledge around, as adults, we've got this knowledge around, um, uh, you know, not um, uh, touching each other, not kissing, not, yes. you know. Yes. So, so um, with being Muslim as well, mm. that is all stopped. We kiss, greet everybody, you mm. know, <laughs> everybody that we see, we kiss, greet. So that has stopped and we've minimized our um, uh, sort of our... I want. I don't want to say like the touching part of things. <laughs> yeah, it was with, with, with the adults, but with the children, unfortunately, you can't because you can't say "mommy can't kiss you" or you know, know all of that. So but I also, was kind of expecting. Wasn't this during Ramadan? Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. This um, was at the beginning, right at the start of Ramadan. And you know what was so sad for me as a mom is that that my nine-year-old, um, uh, she's been, I mean, we've been training in fasting. She's she's sort of getting used to it. Yes. And now this happens. Oh. And so on the day that she actually pissed, that was the first day of Ramadan, and we keep telling her, you know, it's it's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to fast. You don't have to fast. And then um, uh, she insisted she wants to fast. And then we, when they went for the uh, for the test, it was close to uh, breaking fast time. And then she sort of, you know, packed a little eats that she needed to do. You know, um, it was it was just um, it was very heartbreaking for me. Um, as the mom or for the parents at least because this is a time we 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 eat together we break fast together we you know um we do all of our um prayers and our things we, we do together as a as a um as a family because it's a sacred time for us mm. um 
so so yeah that was yeah that that it's, it's, was just so heartbreaking and difficult for us and and difficult and and I'm trying to see now how so let's just talk about the symptoms because you've you've outlined the symptoms your husband had at the yes. point when you tested how were you feeling so i was fine at the point when uh, up until i i tasted yeah. but you know in the back of your mind in the mind yeah you're sick suddenly <laughs> you, you have this hope really that you know i'm not positive um you know so um but at that point in time once my my husband had fever he had body chills he had excessive sweating um he had a dry cough um uh, in the beginning he had um body aches that he oh that was just horrible he had headaches um, he lost his taste and smell, his ability to taste and smell. Mm-hmm. Um, he complained of nausea and then a scratchy throat, obviously. Um, he complained a lot about shortness of breath. In that first two days, mm-hmm. there was lots of shortness of breath, um, you know, and then and tightness over the chest. So at this point in time, all of this is now happening with him, or at least some of this is happening with him. Mm. And then I, um, I had a headache on the evening of the thirteenth of of the Thursday. Yes. I had a headache, and I went to and I, you know, I put it off. Ah, you know, I had a stressful day. I was up with my husband for most of the night. Mm. I didn't sleep. I went into autopilot, just getting everybody sorted and whatever. And um, so this is now this headache is now expected, not knowing that headaches is a symptom mm. at that point in time. So um, I uh, he now gets his results on Friday, and then um, he tells me I'm positive. I'm like, oh, you know, my heart sinks. And then I'm thinking, and then as I'm speaking to him, I um, had back aches, <laughs> which I usually don't have, <laughs> and so. Um, he says, okay, I think you should get yourself tested, drive you to the testing center and whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. And I promise you, you are still hopeful up until they take that swab and put it in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm telling myself, no, man, I'm fine. I, I've got no symptoms forgetting about the headache and the backache that now suddenly resolves. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and then the next day, and still for the full uh, Friday, I'm thinking, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But then Friday night, it's and I'm sweating, and I'm also have a fever, and you know all of that. And so, um, yeah, then I tested positive. I had, I had severe backache, um, lower backache. Um, I had uh, coughing, incessant dry cough, um, sweating, um, body chills, um, and fever. And so your, your seven-year-old, were the symptoms different? So with, with um, Bilal Ahmed, it was, um, he just had fever. Okay. Now and then within the 14 days. So for the first three days, he, he had a fever. And we, we treated that with um, uh, the effervescent Bernardo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that resolved it. Um, and then after the first um the first fever, I just kept him comfortable, like for, you know, every four hours, four to six hours, we are giving Panado, just so that we uh, we don't necessarily spike a fever, and then we don't know how to get it 
down, you know, that type yes, of thing. Yes. Um, and, I, and, I, and I suppose most of this, you also rely on your maternal instinct yeah. um, to do what is best for your child. And then, um, yeah, so he had a fever like consecutively like for three days. Um, and then after the three days, um, he would like say, um, my, my throat is a bit scratchy or, um, my, my back hurts a bit and, and so forth. Um, and yeah, the, and that was, that was only what he was complaining about. It wasn't like really severe, um, symptoms apart from that three days. What did you guys take? Um, you told me about the panado for your son, but you're treating mm. your symptoms and your husband's symptoms. Um, so myself and Bilal Ahmed have been on vitamins since forever. Mm-hmm. You know? So that is a standard in my house. I give the kids um, multivitamins and that. And um, I just changed the vitamin to viral guard. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they they um, they were using vitamins. I was also using vitamins. We um, used uh, vitamin C. Um, that is what. So sort of the immune boosters. Yes. That is what we used. And then we had the Panado um, continuously. I um, I didn't mention though that I am um, asthmatic. Oh. And so, <laughs> um, and so. Um, I had my pump, and I used my pump a lot more than I usually do. Because being asthmatic, um, obviously, is in varying degrees. Because um, some people have lots of tightness of chest on a daily basis, um, a wheeze continuously throughout um, the time that they're asthmatic. But for me, I've always thought that I'm a bit seasonal, so I would expect it to be um, uh, not that great in winter. And then come September, when the pollen is high, and then, you know, that type of thing. Mm. So um, I use it a lot um, during this time now. I also experience tightness of chest and, you know, with the incessant coughing, mm. um, I, I would then use my pump a lot more. I had my nebulizer. I do have one at home, so I had that on standby, but I never used it, thankfully. And then also with Bilal Ahmad, we've had, he hasn't been diagnosed with asthma, but we've been doing for years now preventative medication with him, especially when it comes to winter. So he also had a pump, and then I um, continuously used his pump um, a lot more. Um, he didn't have a cough during the time, but I just made sure that I, I um, sort of used the pump regularly. Sure. Um, you were both uh, at the moment, uh, you still are uh, frontline workers. You are medical practitioners. What does yeah. that mean? So did the, did the, let's talk about your medical assistance. Did you, did you get it from your workplace or were you then going to a private facility for that? Um, so, so myself and my husband tested at the Grote Skier Testing Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the children, um, we got them tested privately. But I have to say that on both fronts, the public and the private, um, it is, um, people are very supportive. Um, uh, my managers were calling me um, continuously, looking, um, you know, uh, his managers was, were calling him um, uh, uh, this uh, uh, occupational um, safety officers were also calling us. 
um, health and safety officers were also calling us from um, the medical aid side. They were also um, calling and because Bilal Ahmed now obviously tested positive, they were also calling, asking about the symptoms, asking if we know um, whether, you know, we have a plan in case either one of us um, actually need to be hospitalized. What is the process? So people were very supportive. They were very, um, uh, you know, informative. Um, and um, they were they were awesome, really. All mm-hmm. of our managers and um, experts here. So, so I think um, Department of Health um, response, and it's not because I work for Department yes, of Health, yes, I but 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 um, uh, uh, it's been phenomenal um, all around. And and nobody, I don't feel that anybody is kind of falling through the cracks yeah. um, with regards to management of um, coronavirus. At, at different levels of of um, of the health system. In as much as initially your mother-in-law didn't test positive, I mean, just managing the environment must have been difficult. Did you guys think about um, different, you know, living conditions and maybe uh, quarantining arrangements? What what kind of conversations were you having, and what did you do? Because if yourself and your husband were both positive, and then a seven-year-old. Mm. And and then she's with you in the house, even though mm-hmm. she had tested negative, you still were living mm-hmm. with her. How was that? That that was extremely difficult. Um, uh, it it takes a toll on you because you that's on the inside as a parent and as a sibling, um, uh, you know, um, you you worry constantly. Mm. You know about the well-being um, of those outside, um, because I mean, because you know your family members really well. Um, you know, we were trying to protect my mother-in-law by not necessarily um, uh, being so blatantly honest with her, so withholding information, Aww. because we know she has an anxiety and and you know um, yes. underlying issues. My daughter, um, uh, she she didn't really she. She didn't adjust as well um to and my concern was really for her for mm-hmm. her emotional well being mm-hmm. um because all the years it's been we we've been sitting together breaking fast together, and now she has to um she has to distance herself from us physically mm-hmm. distance herself from us. And she actually has to um, prepare for herself, with the help of my mother, you know, obviously. But I mean, like, prepare for herself to break fast. Um, she will be, will be on WhatsApp because she's got a tablet and everything. We will be on WhatsApp together and she will say, Mommy, I miss you so much. Mommy, I love you so much. You know, the, the kids have a difficult time in, in processing, yes. um, you know, um, and coming to terms with she used to cry. I've got a staircase in my house and, and I, I, even after the 14 days, I said staircase conversations, um, you know, because I will stand, Aww. um, uh, in the corridor and she will be sitting on the staircase. Aww. And then I'll, then I'll tell then we'll have our conversation. And most of that time was just to reassure her, you know, everything's going to be okay. We're doing well. You know, we're not oh. that sick. Look at us. We, you know. And the worst is like, how do you explain this physical distancing to a two-year-old? I was just going to ask you. I'm, I mean, I'm hearing you talk about the nine-year-old, and they process it differently, and they understand more. But I, the so, two-year-old for me is where yeah. my heart really sinks. 
Oh, it was so difficult. Um, so, so we uh, we are in the fortunate position that we've got a double-story house, okay. right? So, um, the um, we didn't uh, consider maybe isolating on a uh, somewhere else. We yes. had considered, um, uh, you know, Moving separating out. the kids. Oh. Um, uh, you know, no, we've we've considered taking the kids, uh, putting the kids with family. Yes, but then we thought. Um, you know, rather have them with us yeah. because it's already an emotional ordeal. Yeah. So rather have have them with us and then we can work around. So like the staircase conversations, for example, every day. They can you see know? you, that you're actually fine. They can fine. see you. We, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we decided and what we did is we put sort of one of those fold-up tables ne, um, in a, to create a corridor between the room that we were um, isolating in and the bathroom that we were using. Mm-hmm. So um, that physical barrier, I think, made it easier for my two-year-old to to know that, you know, I shouldn't go there. And no. we, we we told him all the time, boy, you know, you mustn't come here. Um, you know, don't don't come here. Um, speak to us. Stand there on the corner. You know, it's, it's difficult to break your heart when you're saying that. But, uh, <laughs> but they need it. You know, yeah. it, it is what we did in the time that we, you know. And so let me um, quickly ask you this. I'm running out of time. Here's a quick question. Somebody says, mm-hmm. I have throat pain only. I ate sugarcane a few days ago. After eating that sugarcane, my throat started paining. It's three weeks now. Can I suspect corona? I don't have a name for this person. Um, it's three weeks since the throat. Yes. Um, yeah. So she's still experiencing the sounds, throat pain. Sounds, sounds like it, yeah. Um, I, I would say that she should actually um, get herself tested, tested. Mm. Um, uh, and, and she should also look out for other symptoms, mm. like I've mentioned before. Mm. So the other, so the additional symptoms will then, um, will then, uh, you know, yeah. either confirm or negate a coronavirus. Oh, listen! What a story! What a story! Thank you so much for oh. sharing. And uh, are you it's are you all negative now? Is everybody negative now? So, so what we yes, um, uh, that that's the assumption. Yes. Um, so what we've done by have well, everybody that has coronavirus should then your your body builds up antibodies. Yes. Um, uh, for the yes. virus, so um, I should think so that we are negative now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your for your story. It means a lot it's to us because pleasure. we are learning so much about other things around the virus. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank your family too because this is their personal story as well. Thank you very much for your generosity. It's my Zaf. pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. She's a COVID-19 survivor. She's also a, an occupational therapist at a public hospital. So she is a frontline worker. And that story really touched me. Three people in her household uh, getting the coronavirus and how difficult navigating that whole thing, that ordeal. My goodness, thank you so much for that, Insaf. Let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines, just gone 2.30.